Welcome to the Faith Today podcast. I'm Bill Fladeris. And I'm Karen Stiller. Bill, who is on the show today? Yes, it is Al Lopez. Al and I had a really good conversation where we talked a bit about his new book called Road to Flourishing. It's a book where he draws on all his years working with the Best Christian Workplaces Institute, all the things that they've learned in their various studies and that, and kind of summarizing it up after, I think he's been there 20 years. They use this acronym. The acronym is FLOURISH, F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H, and each letter stands for one of the eight aspects that they've identified as being a contributor to making a workplace healthy. So whether that's a church or a Christian organization or whatever. So Bill, you work in at least two Christian workplaces officially and maybe volunteer at others. And that would probably be true for me as well. So let me ask you, do you think Christian workplaces are necessarily healthier or let's say better than a secular workplace? One answer is yes, and one answer is no. So my answer is that yes is to say, I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is present in God's people and that a Christian workplace that has a mission, that has a calling from God, that that should definitely be a workplace that is healthy and positive and nourishing for people. The other side of me that says no is acknowledging the fact that a lot of Christian workplaces are small. And so there is often maybe a shortage of expertise in terms of human resources management and things like that. And so that's one of the things that the Workplaces Institute brings forward is to say, we've studied all this stuff. Yes, we're trying to cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit and helping all of us to advance God's kingdom. And there's things that when we use the brains that God has given us and we understand how people interact and what makes them healthy and satisfied, mental, you know, mental health and meaningful work, There are things that we can do to help make an environment where that's better and closer to excellence. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear this conversation. And I just want to say that I have only heard one other person say to me, using the brains God has given you, and that that was my mother. (laughs) Anyway, I can't wait to hear Al. All right. Al, when I think of the word flourishing, I'm thinking about an organization that might be growing in size or maybe in revenue or some kind of impact or whatever, but I'm guessing you have a deeper meaning to the word flourishing when you think about that in an organization. Can you explain a little bit about that to us? Yeah, Bill, and it's just great to be with you. Thanks. And yeah, flourishing has been a word that I've just fallen in love with over the last five or six years. And you know, we uh, named the book after it's called The Road to Flourishing. Uh, we have a Flourishing Culture podcast. And Bill, you know, you're right. When an organization is growing, they're they're making an impact. Uh, what? But I what I think about is flourishing people in flourishing organizations. And hmm. and when people are flourishing, when people are having great experiences, when people are experiencing life giving work, when people are also flourishing as the organization flourishes that's that's what i think about so in fact i i see the value chain in organizations is uh when people flourish when people are engaged which is uh what we measure then they stick around longer they're more highly effective in their work that makes the organizations you know who they're serving more effective they become loyal and they grow over time. So, you know, I see people flourishing leading to organizations flourishing, you know, measured in different ways, you know, growth, impact, uh, bottom line, even if it's a 
for-profit kind of an organization. That's really cool. So you're talking about flourishing that you, one of your key measures is engagement. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm thinking then what's the opposite of flourishing? So if we've got an organization that's not flourishing, people are kind of just clocking in, clocking out, and they don't really care. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, that that's even neutral. I, I consider that neutral. Disengaged, you know, <laughs> I consider disengaged or people that really aren't engaged, actively disengaged, people that are unhappy at work, you know, where their their unhappiness is known, you know, people, they, they talk about it. Okay. And they're actually undermining, you know, those that are actually doing uh, great work that are really engaged. Yeah. So, so we kind of look at even three levels, Bill, of engaged and neutral, and then those that are uh, disengaged at, at work. And so when you, when you have a, a group of engage people and that's clearly a factor in flourishing when people are really engaged they feel a sense of uh, purpose and meaning then they're going to give more than just you know clocking in for a paycheck much like i'm sure uh, everybody at faith today is <laughs> yeah well with with the way that the workplace has changed so much uh, there's a lot of working at home going on remote remote working and things like that so engagement is actually really crucial because it's not necessarily obvious if you're engaged to a lesser extent maybe now than it used to be yeah you can't see it and uh, you know exactly bill you know it's uh, how do you know and especially when people are working at home uh, more than they were you know 3 years ago but when people are engaged, and you can be equally engaged, you know, working at home, you know, and now with all the tools that we have, you know, just like uh, what we're doing with this podcast or, you know, Microsoft Teams or Zoom or you name the, uh, the video conferencing capabilities that are out there, uh, you, you know, if people are engaged or not by several ways. But that's the key. And what we've also found in, in covid is that the relationship between a manager and the employee has become even more important. And mm. if you're not uh, seeing each other at work every day, uh, having regular check-ins, at least a half an hour and a, once a week to have regular check-ins with the employees because that's the employee-manager relationship it really becomes kind of the glue that keeps people engaged and informed, as well as other team meetings and so on. So, so that really becomes important too. One of the other things that I was thinking about in terms of flourishing is something that I read in the prologue of your book. You say this, flourishing Christian workplaces are the best evidence that Jesus really did come so that people could have life to the fullest, even in their work. So I really like that. It kind of resonated with me. So there's a Christian angle to flourishing and yeah. even to the extent that maybe a healthy workplace is, is kind of like a form of witness, is that what you're saying? Yeah, so we work with the denomination, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and uh, I was talking with the president of the denomination. And the way Christian organizations can be a witness is when people are flourishing. If, they're, if they have toxic workplaces and, and there's a lot of disagreement, there's a lot of anger that's pent up, I mean, these are not Christian values. And what I found, even as a... As a ministry leader in college, when the group of people that you're working with, they're getting along well and they're doing you know, great work, that attracts people to right. not only that group, but to Christ. And as we all know, we've probably been involved in churches where, uh, where it's not going so well, there's toxic relationships. You know, people just move away from, from those kinds of environments. So 
creating positive, uh, flourishing workplaces, to, to use our term, is really a gospel-centered approach to evangelism, from my perspective, and discipleship. Hmm. When, when I'm hearing you talk about toxic places, I think maybe there's also an aspect of, it can also be a Christian witness in how you deal with toxicity, right? If there is reconciliation efforts, if there is restoration efforts, even if they're not 100% successful, I think that can be a form of witness too. Would you agree with that? I, I would. And, you know, so, Bill, we as Christians, we have the tools right. to restore relationships where in, you know, a secular workplace environment, they may not have access to those kinds of tools. But yes. Uh, well, like the Holy Spirit? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and that's the other thing. You know, uh, I, I was just giving a talk recently. You know, the Holy Spirit, first of all, as we become Christians, we, we receive spiritual gifts. And, you know, you look at uh, leadership and being able to help others and and you know, just go through all of the all, all of the gifts, and then then we also, as we grow in the faith, we experience the fruit of the spirit. And you know, as human beings, I don't, regardless of our faith position, we'd love to be around people who love one another, who have right. joy in their life. Who, I mean, those are the kinds of people that that you just want to be around. And so, yeah, we've got we we have the the word, the living word of God. In Christian workplaces, which is a guide, we mm -hmm. have the Holy Spirit that lives in Christian believers, and those two things alone. Plus, we have the example of the great, the greatest leader of all time, the servant leader uh, Jesus. You know, you put that together. You know, we've got great examples in the church, in the faith, and Christian nonprofit organizations to to really have successful organizations where people flourish and where organizations can flourish. And so, yeah, with those benefits, if you will, and I, I consider them that, and that really is our vision, that Christian-led workplaces set the standard as the best, most effective places to work in the world. When we are, then more people will be attracted to our organizations and to, to Christ himself. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's great. One of the other things I noticed about your book is you have this acronym with the word flourish. So each of the letters, F-L-O-U-R, et cetera, all stand for something. F is for fantastic teams. L is for life-giving work. So I wanted to talk to you about this idea of life-giving work for a sec. How does a workplace move towards the point where people love to come to work and find their work meaning and fulfilling if they're not already there? First of all, let me say, Bill, that you know the, the eight keys that you uh, just mentioned that spell flourish, the way we came at that was through a statistical modeling process. Okay. So it's not, that's not what I think. <laughs> it's not what somebody else thinks. It's what hundreds of thousands of Christian workers, how they've completed a questionnaire that we've uh, provided over years. And the factor analysis kind of grouped these questions into factors, into groups, and sure. we just put names to them. And so, so your, your question, life-giving work, now that was the surprise of our work. You know, all of a sudden we saw these group, these questions grouped together, like the mission and goals of my organization gives me meaning and purpose. Oh, okay. Or I'm able to use uh, my gifts in my role and my spiritual gifts as well as my skills. I'm able to use those in my role. In my role. You know, I feel like I have the decision-making authority that I need. Those are questions that all group together. And I said, well, what do we call that? Well, the other one in that category is also we have fun at work. So just okay. to... And more and more, and this is what millennials are continually saying, is I want to work someplace that has meaning and purpose. That's more important to me even than compensation. And so being able to tie 
a person's work and what they accomplish to something that's meaningful and has purpose is really a key in a workplace environment. And, you know, and as I say, for Christian workplaces and people listening to our podcast, uh, for Christian workplaces, what's more meaningful than impacting people's lives for eternity? Yeah. And what I see over and over again is how effective organizations, effective leaders are able to point out specific activities that people do and how that leads to an important function in the organization and in a person's life and even for eternity. That draws people, that keeps uh, your best people engaged in the work that you're doing. Yeah, that's really helpful. I'm thinking about this kind of fulfilling aspect of the workplace. So part of it comes from the mission of the organization or the business or whatever. But I'm also thinking about it in terms of how you can make it better. And I suppose there are changes that managers can make or employers can make, but there's also changes that sort of the average worker can make. Yeah, I'd say, Bill, yeah, exactly. You know, um, people are called into and I think at times called out of specific roles. And so how do you know? I think, again, the the Holy Spirit can inform us of uh, when we're feeling good about a role that we're in or when we're not. And so, yeah, when we're able to work with uh, doing work that, you know, that fits us because we have the skills, we have the background, we have the the gifts to do that kind of work. And we know that we're, we're called to do that work. Uh, we, we, you know, sense that. And then there are times when that changes and we don't feel that way. And so continually kind of, okay, you know, open-handed, uh, faithfully, you know, Lord, where, where are you moving me to is an honest question at that point. And it may be, maybe they, that uh, a person would be better off in another situation. So, so mm-hmm. I think that, that could be uh, part of the answer to your question. Yeah, we really encourage, there, there's lots of things that leaders can do. In fact, you know, leaders really control the culture of, of the organization ultimately. So there's things that, that are intentional that leaders can do and that's what we've done and really focused on for Christian organizations. Okay, so what are the keys? Uh, where are you with this? And then, okay, so where, what can you do to improve uh, this segment of your culture to have it be more flourishing, not only for the employees, but then also for the organization? Let's, um, let's jump to one of the other letters of the word flourish. I'm thinking of the H, which stands for healthy communications. Your website says, I'm just going to quote, Lack of communication is perhaps the most frequently cited organizational problem. What can an organization do to improve in the area of communication if they're if they stink at it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> if they stink at it, yeah, that's that's. Uh, or maybe neglected is probably the better yeah, thing, that, right? No one intentionally uh, <laughs> stinks at it. And I think intention is uh, your your point there, you know, because it, it is important. You know, it brings up a story. I was working with a large church, and they scored poorly on uh, healthy communication, and they said, "We have communicators, and so we're going to have our communicators, you know, focus on this healthy communication issue." And I said to him, I said, I think I know what you mean by communicators, and those would be preachers. And what we're talking about here is two-way communication, not one-way communication. Right. And so, so you know, one of our questions is, uh, uh, you know, where we ask the employee where they can say, I feel involved in, in the work 
and I feel involved in the decision making of the work that I'm involved in, or or leaders listen to me. You know, I l- noticed on an earlier podcast that you talked a lot about listening. A leader's job is to listen and to understand what somebody's going through in their work experience. So these questions of I have, uh, uh, I feel like I'm listened to. They act on my leaders act on my suggestions. So it's it's two way communication is really healthy communication. I was just talking with the president of a Christian university. He said, yeah, after I became president, and, and now he's been president for two years, he, he's going, he goes on listening tours oh, neat. throughout the organization where he's got a couple of open-ended questions, and he just meets with uh, small groups of employees across the organization and just listens to them to make sure that he's in tune with kind of where they are. So that's that's a sense of healthy communication Another healthy communication item, though, is that people feel free to express their opinions in their work area, you know, which means there's a limit. There's no fear, you know, where people can actually speak up and say, you know, this isn't working right here and not feel condemned or pushed away or but actually be listened to. And not everybody has uh, has great suggestions all the time, but to have an environment where where employees are being listened to so the leaders can kind of get things, remove the roadblocks from doing great work. I mean, that's that's a big part of leadership. Mm. It, it sounds to me, as we're talking about this, that healthy communication and engagement are kind of two sides of the same coin, really, right? If you're If you're engaged with your workplace, then you've obviously got healthy communication happening, right? Those are... Absolutely one of the keys. No question about it. And what, what I've just described is you know, people feeling like they're involved. You know, that's very much part of engagement. No question. For the benefit of our listeners, I want to point out that the Best Christian Workplace has a great blog at their website, bcwinstitute.org, with tips on building a flourishing workplace culture and a great podcast that you mentioned already, the Flourishing Culture Podcast. I wanted to ask you, Al... Uh, those things must be a lot of work and a lot of fun to put together. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that. You know, we started the podcast, I'll say, pretty early on. And I remember one of our ministry partners, we call our clients ministry partners, uh, was a younger person. And, and he said, yeah, I'll, uh, I've been recommending your podcast to others. And I'm just amazed that such an old guy like you is doing something, you know, with technology like this. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And <laughs> um, no, the podcast has been fascinating because, uh, you know, for people to really to hear from ministry leaders who have flourishing workplaces and how they do it has really been informative. And I get uh, feedback over and over about uh, how how helpful it is. And so we don't use it really for, uh, well, we use it just to educate because our, we want to equip and inspire Christian leaders to build flourishing cultures. The blog is the same, and we discovered we've got two different audiences between our blog and our, and our podcast. Mm. And uh, so we are always looking at what are the topics, what are the key things right now that would be helpful to leaders to help uh, build a more flourishing workplace. So the, the blog, you know, we're out a couple of times a month with a new blog and then we've got the weekly flourishing culture podcast. It's been a, it's yeah, it's it's work, uh, as you know, uh, and it's been a blast, and it's been very helpful. It's it's funny. Uh, you may be this way, Bill. I've I've walked into conference rooms and started talking, 
In fact, I was at a conference and uh, I offered grace for the meal we were about to eat. And one of the people at the table just looked at me. Said, she said, I know your voice, but I've never <laughs> met you. <laughs> do you do a that's, podcast? <laughs> that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, your voice, your voice precedes you. Well, I just want to just mention to our, because of our listeners should be aware that you're giving away so much great advice there. Like it's really a, it's really a great resource that they should check out. I also wanted to ask you a little bit about the back end of things. I assume our listeners, but maybe I shouldn't assume, are familiar with the fact that uh, Best Christian Workplace Institute does these surveys mm -hmm. of workplaces where people in a workplace can self-assess and then try to improve. But I wondered if maybe if there's some some listeners who aren't haven't heard of these kind of surveys, could you just yeah. give us a quick intro to what that process might be like for a workplace? Yeah, Bill, thanks. Um, you know, first of all, we believe that measuring the health of a workplace is a, a key step that an organization should do this on a regular basis. I equate it to a physical. And I had a friend just last year who went to get his physical and he discovered he, he had a blocked valve. I think it was called the widow, widow maker. He could have died. He would have never known that he was sick. Wow. And yet they discovered it. He had it uh, fixed. He's alive and in ministry doing great work uh, today. So getting a regular physical is the way I kind of think of it. And in our employee engagement survey is a survey. It's, you know, about 50 questions. Uh, it's easy to use. It takes about eight minutes to complete it. There's a couple of open-ended questions. And it gives leaders a diagnostic on the health of their culture. And we then... And it's online, it's easy to use, again, it's very efficient. But then we go over the results with the leaders and we're able to identify, okay, you're strong in these areas, build those up, continue to, to be strong. And then, you know, here's, a, here's two or three things that would really improve the health of your culture. And through our analysis, Bill, we've actually identified of these eight drivers that you've uh, outline that spell flourish we've actually identified which ones are more important you know so for oh. example this life-giving work one that you brought up that's one of the two top most important drivers of employee engagement in christian-led organizations and the other one is inspirational leadership which we haven't talked about yet again uh, uh, and we use inspirational because god inspired is oftentimes uh, the way we like to describe it so those are the important, most important of the eight. The others are important, but not as important. And so we're able to say and prioritize, okay, so if you're, you're not so strong in life-giving work, let's move that up. And here are some specific ways that you can do that. And that's the value of what we provide. So yeah, the, the first thing, our entry really in, in working with organizations is the employee engagement survey. So that could really help some management and leadership to set their priorities then after they've done a thing like that with their organization. They'll have some good feedback to say, okay, this is where we could focus for the next year or whatever. Exactly. And I find that uh, organizations use this as part of their planning process. So as they're okay. developing their annual plans, they know, okay, from a people standpoint, and I believe you know the health of one's culture should be one of your top three priorities as an organization 
anyway. From a culture standpoint, from a people standpoint, this would give you specific ways that you know could be targeted and uh, effective in improving your culture. Jeff Lockyer at uh, church in St. Catharines talks about it from a gap analysis perspective. You know, he's always looking at what the gaps are in his culture versus okay. you know, where he wants to be. So they, they narrow the gaps. And I love the way he describes he wants to be flourishing. And he wants every one of his departments in his church to be flourishing. You've been doing this for many years. Uh, am I right that you just stepped down recently from leading the Institute for like 20 years or something like that? 20 years. Yeah, Bill. Congratulations. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. I started it 20 years ago and I just stepped down as the CEO. I'm continuing to be involved with the podcast and the book. Does the book kind of like summing up all the things that you've learned over the years sort of thing? It's a highlight, clearly. So a lot of the stories in the book actually come from uh, from the podcast as well. But we've just had great success. We've seen it's so meaningful. You talk about life-giving work. What gives me uh, great joy is to see organizations transform their culture. Right. You know, see where people just love coming to work, where, where they just would kind of bite their teeth and say, okay, I've got to go to work today. But where, where people love their work, they, they love doing the work that God has intended for them to do, they're making an impact for the kingdom. That's just been a transformative experience for me. So yeah, 20 years, uh, this, that's, that's into the book. And, and again, a lot of these stories are real Christian-led organizations. There's a couple that I read that I found really inspiring and also from Canada. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure you're, yep. you're across North America, but I feel like, oh, wow. Yeah, in fact, uh, that's how I met uh, Barry Slonwhite, who was the president of C Compassion Canada for 26 years. And, uh, he, and he's now he your Canadian regional rep, right? Yeah, that's right. And he's yeah. doing a, a great job. So he used this for years. He worked with us for years and had a flourishing culture himself. And so when he retired and he was still looking for some work to do, I said, I thought, you know, Barry, you've lived this. So yeah. So, you can help others in the process. He's been doing a great work. Great job. Yeah. Well, super. At, at, at Faith Today magazine, we asked our summer intern, Matthew Nugebauer, to put together a feature actually on healthy workplaces. Mm -hmm. And so we're hoping to publish that in our January-February issue coming up in 2023. I'm sure your thoughts on this podcast and your book would be a great way for people to go deeper into this topic. So let me just say uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I look forward to uh, maybe talking about some of these things again in the future. I look forward to it, Bill. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Check out more podcasts and subscribe to Faith Today magazine for free at faithtoday.ca. This podcast is produced by the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada. If you enjoyed it, please rate or share it. 